Leadership File on Premiere. Welcome to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck, a show where we hope to help you lead better wherever God has placed you. It's no secret that leaders are often feel vulnerable. But what to do with that vulnerability? Do we keep it to ourselves? Share it with a few confidants? How open can we be with the challenges we face? And how wise is it to show vulnerability within a leadership role? Well, to join us to talk about this, I'm joined by Mike Andrea. Mike is the team leader of Global Generation Church. He's married to Stella with two children, lives in Ramsgate. Mike started out by planting the Pipeline Youth Initiative and innovates many other projects that impact their community, including establishing GLOW and Lark in the Park in Thanet. His responsibilities lead him to serve as part of the 24-7 prayer oversight team and the Big Church Day Out board, as well as working with local authorities and community transformation organisations. So welcome to Leadership Farm, Mike. It's a privilege to be with you guys. So um, I can imagine that some leaders who lead will, will definitely be up for learning how to share vulnerability and others are perhaps not so sure so my perception is that most leaders hide their vulnerabilities because they don't think that sharing them will be helpful can, can you outline what you mean by vulnerability and and what you advocate yeah i guess for me this whole thing around vulnerability has come out of being involved in leadership for a little over 20 years and when i started and i think for for the most part of the first 15 i felt that to lead i had to be someone that was strong seemed in control that life in the majority was all in order and that i was the supportive figure and i think that that was great but the reality is that just led for me into a place of burnout insecurity and actually realizing that i don't have all the answers and have all the leadership skills in doing what we do and in that moment for me i had to make a choice to either try and cover up what was going on in my life or to be honest with the wisdom of friends and let my journey begin to model a model of vulnerability. And that just meant that I had to be open and honest and more exposed in my journey than I had been to other people. And so I think vulnerability in leadership is all about that openness and honesty. And people that achieve that and begin to journey that and create culture that within their teams begin a shared leadership journey rather than one that's isolated. Well, that's, that's I mean, it's a fascinating comment. Um, so, so for you, um, you felt that not being vulnerable was going to isolate you. That was the kind of, that was kind of your, your, um, kind of outlook on the particular issue. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Because by not being vulnerable, I was trying to work out key life moments that were going on for me, season changes. And to be honest, like really guarded by the lie that if I um, wasn't vulnerable and transparent about those things, people would think ill-equipped, not doing my job very well, or that maybe I shouldn't be in the role that I was doing. And a whole load of fears bombarded me within that process where actually, you know, Jesus models the whole thing about being truthful brings freedom. And um, so I was in this collision of not being really truthful and finding myself bound up and ultimately isolated. Right, right. And so the, the value for you, obviously, was um, was that you got support from those close to you, sometimes insight into the, the things you were struggling with. Would that be the key key thing that vulnerability brought or, or other things as well? Well, I think vulnerability brings strength to us. I mean, the process is support and having people journey with you and you journey with them. 
I mean, it's a two-way thing. But I think when we're vulnerable with one another, um, we fall into this place of being able to hold each other's arms up. I mean, the word vulnerable actually comes from a place of being open and exposed to being attacked. And that's a harsh expression for a word that actually also means that we can be open to a place of being protected and cared for. A life that isn't vulnerable with others in God is a life that is in some degree hidden, yet truth always leads us into the open places of God with each other. And so to choose not to be vulnerable in aspects of our life it means that actually we're, we're trying to hold it together in a hidden place, which I don't believe is, is God's heart for anybody. That's not to say that we hang out everything that's going on in our lives in public place of display, but um, to be in a position in life where we're sharing life with people that we can put those things out on the table. And, uh, I mean, many will be thinking that, uh, you know, local church or, or charity life or wherever they are, it, it, that they will feel the day, like you said earlier, they will feel that this is a this is dangerous to be vulnerable because uh, people might exploit my weaknesses. Um, uh, you know, I may not, I may lose my credibility as a leader. Um, you, you've had obviously you've had to work through that and and come to a, a a belief that actually, even if that might be kind of true, actually there's the strengths outweigh that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Jesus was once asked about other people's opinions and what was being said about him. I think it's around John 6. And his reply, like my paraphrase, is he said, I'm not concerned with these kind of people because they don't have the love of God in their hearts. Mm. And there is a reality that we now live in a world anyway that has a big agenda to scrutinize, tear down and belittle. Mm. We can't escape that reality. Whether It doesn't matter if you're in leadership or just, you know, you're trying to do day-to-day -day life in normal rhythms, whatever it may look like, this is a reality of our world. But actually, to be able to be real and honest to people, the first question I ask myself, first of all, is that do these people really care about me? Do they really care about the church that we're involved? Or is there an alternative agenda? And of course, there is a concern, you know, will people use our weaknesses against you? But I actually feel that actually, whether they do or not, any leadership role is actually up for scrutiny anyway. There's always going to be someone that's going to have a thought and opinion about how something could be done better or different and and that's the beauty of diversity but by not being vulnerable with the right people you end up being in danger of giving people an idea that everything that i hold in my life is good and right and i'm an overcomer in every area but the reality is we're all similar we stumble about we make mistakes we fall into sin we have moments in our life that bring about brokenness as well as the things that are good and so to live in the concern that people were using their weakness against me is actually futile because the reality is I have weaknesses and um, and they will work against me. Vulnerability promotes the idea that shared life creates team and it brings strength into our lives and which I think makes a really good place of security for churches that we're building because people want to ultimately have a place that is safe, secure and then can compel them on into their journeys with God and you can only do that with that kind of level of honesty and and the truth is we're not made to go it alone we're not designed to do life alone and whether that be designed to do relationship within the context of the father but also within each other it requires vulnerability yeah, yeah. Uh, and what do you think what stops us being vulnerable well, you, you've you've shared a few things as we've gone but uh, you know if you're talking in a general sense what do you think stops leaders being vulnerable Oh, fear, for sure. Always fear. Like, fear of man, fear of not being good enough, fear of not cutting the mark, 
fear of not being qualified. You know, it's like so many churches now that have been planted over the last 20, 30 years is not by people out of established movements or ordination. But when I, I, I fell into leadership, literally, and the whole journey in that first period of 15 years, fear distorted the reality of the support that really is around me because it just didn't feel that I measured up to the mark. And fear is an interesting thing because obviously fear has the ability to displace the reality of love in our lives. And so when fear comes in in whatever shape or form, it can stop us from actually wanting to be vulnerable because we fall into the entrapment of that. But there is just the reality that people see the good, the bad and the ugly in our lives anyway. And we get kind of sold a lie, whether it be the enemy or ourselves, that we must do everything we can to not let people see those things. But I think they're the things that actually strengthen communities, they strengthen family because we can be honest about the things that are not quite right. And, uh, I mean, could, could you, do you recall the first uh, occasion where you, you, you said, I'm not going to give in to fear, I'm going to be vulnerable? Can you recall the conversation or what, what it was? Yeah, actually, I mean, the, the biggest moment for me was actually when I was coming into this place of burnout because the reality of what I was going through dictated to me that I had to make some serious changes to how I did my rhythms of life. And one of those things was realizing that I was kind of like measuring my, my week to week and how I do what I do against someone that does, you know, a normal nine to five job. And for leaders, our job isn't nine to five. And the ideas around what would be healthy for me actually really made me concerned. So I thought, really, I needed to take more time out. I needed to make more room. That wasn't holiday or annual leave, but just space to reflect, to regenerate my heart, to keep my vision sharp. And the process of that for me was actually really hard because I actually fell into this idea of, well, what would other people think? And other people don't get these opportunities and, and all of that. And I had to process this choice about, do I take, which we now call in the form of study leave, this extra extended time off every year to kind of be able to have those things that I needed or not? And fear was basically dictating to me, other people don't get that opportunity and was having the ability to blanket out all the other things about it that actually most people do go to work nine to five. Most people don't carry different responsibilities as teams like ours would. And, um, and it was forced me into place thinking, oh, I can't take that time. I shouldn't take that type of sort of sabbatical each year. And then I ended up having to sit down with some close friends and say, this is what's going on in my head and this is what's going on in my heart. And what was really quite shocking straight away is that they were turning around saying, actually, you don't get it. We want this for you. This is good for you. And we, we want to be a support around you in these times. We want more of what's going on in your life and your team's life out of a place that's healthy. But my fear was dictating to me that people wouldn't think like that. Now, since that, I do that process every year, sometimes even more. And the impact on us as a whole has been hugely beneficial. But I could have given into fear and not been honest about it and then just tried to just keep pressing on. And I think probably have walked into just another burnout. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you're listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Mike Andrea. We're looking at the subject of vulnerability. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Mike Andrea. Mike is a team leader of Global Generation Church. Uh, lives in Ramsgate. Uh, we're talking particularly about the whole subject of vulnerability and uh, Mike was showing before the break of uh, uh, the, the challenge that it brings and uh, that actually 
if we're vulnerable with others, we can uh, get support from others. And that actually fear is the thing that uh, often prevents us being vulnerable, fear that others will um, take advantage of us or uh, feel ill of us. But actually that uh, once we overcome that fear and share with others, then uh, there's strength and, and help to be to be found. So um, obviously, Mike, there were things, presumably there were things you wouldn't share in terms of vulnerability. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose there's two answers to that. I don't think there should be anything in my life that I wouldn't be prepared to share in a shape or form. But I think there are different contexts of where I'd be prepared right. to be vulnerable. Different types of vulnerability in different contexts. So for me, if I, I look at kind of like three or four different contexts that I live in day to day. So there's the overall church context, who we're journeying with and wanting to fulfill God's plans for our area and what we've been trusted with. Then there's the context of our wider leadership and the, all those guys that are volunteering in realms of leadership and making a difference in those spheres. There's the realm for me of my friendships and people that I do a lot more life with and journey with day to day and we share our pains and our laughter of the day-to-day -day things of life. And then there's my own family. And there's, there's a need for the context anyway, because actually I feel that when we lead in the church context, for example, of sharing our personal stories, our pitfalls and our successes that relate to the, the story of what we're trying to teach the church and train and equip people in is actually very powerful. Yeah, yeah. And yet there are things that could be, you know, we could be going for a season of life that's different, parenting, kids come along or maybe it's god's doing a different kind of like calling in shaping in our lives those those kind of dialogues have happened on a much more friendship level and that closer team dynamic just purely actually when i think about it out of the fact that different people are equipped and used to different contexts yeah. but um i don't think personally now that anything in my life should have like a, a a no entry sign on it but it should have a no entry sign in the different contexts that are not healthy for it right right so clearly there will be some context where if someone asked you, you know, how are you, you, you would say, well, I'm fine. Because in the context of their relationship, you're fine. Even if you're, you know, actually battling with something which is not appropriate and not loving for you to share at that point. Is that kind of thing you're saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But there are some questions that, as I, you know, I get asked all the time, like you would, you know, how are you doing? Are you all right? And if I'm tired, I'll say, yeah, I'm good. But to be honest, I'm really tired right now. Hmm. Um, I just think, you know, I'm really honest about those really yeah. simple day-to-day -day things of life just to create a culture that we can say that. Hmm. Hmm. You know, we have lots of things where people want to just keep going, going, going. And, but the reality is sometimes we don't need to. Sometimes we need people to help us be on pause. So the simple things of life to try and be as honest as possible. But yeah, context of if I was struggling in my marriage, probably wouldn't broadcast that on a Sunday morning. No. So I'd be quite happy to broadcast on a Sunday morning that my parenting skills that week have more things to be required yeah, because sure. the context is there are parents in the room that will get that. Yeah. And I guess the, 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 the beauty of all this is that, that those looking on who perhaps kind of put leaders on a pedestal and think I could never be a leader, but actually might, you know, in God's, God's purposes, potentially could be a leader they're encouraged to feel actually maybe God could use me like they're using him because actually I, I can relate to, to, to what they're going through. Yeah, totally. And and the thing is, I, I think every Christian is an ongoing work of art. Yes, we are redeemed. Yes, we have the promise of salvation. Yes, we have the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. But he's perfecting the character of Christ in us. 
So the, 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 the idea that we don't have anything going on in our lives that's not that great is just such a lie. The fact is we are constantly being fixed and nurtured and shaped. And I personally believe that there's leadership in every individual. It's just different capacities and types. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, people just not to write themselves off because they think they're not adequate in a way. The reality is we're all not adequate in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as people are listening are thinking maybe, yeah, you, you're, you're touching on, on a, a something I struggle with, you know, that I'm, I you know, struggle to be vulnerable with others. Uh, have you any practical tips on how you go about, um, you know, moving from a position of, of, of see, if you like, of seek more secrecy to to have openness on this kind of stuff? Yeah, I, I think the, the, the word that we are always trying to encourage people to create is a culture of vulnerability. And culture takes time, for sure. A culture that's personal, like myself and my closer group of friends and team, and the culture of how that looks safer on the larger level as a leader to the church. And I think, practically speaking, when we look at it around the dynamics of the entire church, which we encourage all of our team to be like this, is as you saying, we've, we're all sharing the same life experiences. And so we should share the things that are not so great as that are great. And in the context of whether we are teaching or doing small group communities, we don't just tell the stories of like how God can do such amazing things. We also tell the stories about when those amazing things seem to go wrong for us. I think stories where it's not going so well are just as powerful as success stories. It's not sometimes more powerful. To have a culture of being honest about the good, the bad, and the ugly, as we would say. On the closer level is to gather just that, who are those small group of people that are around you? And actually sit down and say, look, can we make an agreement to share life together on this level? You ask me questions, I'll be honest with you, and vice versa. And to not just have that as a context of a discipleship group, which just could happen so easily, but to do some things that are out of the ordinary. So I've I've got a culture with some friends where we do go away for 24 hours quite frequently or if we can't do 24 hours we we make a way of having a morning or an afternoon that it's not a discipleship hour we're just together and in being together can talk openly can pick up things with one another can say we've noticed you've not been your normal self lately and then the final thing for me that's really honest is just we make room to have honest evaluation within the context of our staff and our leadership we realize that an honest evaluation of where we're at once or twice a year, not like an appraisal, just relational, is very helpful. How, how, is it, how is it going with what you're doing in your family? What's your rhythm of rest like? Do you feel that you're able to be honest? And asking those questions have proved incredibly helpful for us over the last five or six years. Sounds terrific. And um, Mike, you, we, I, in my introduction, talked about some of the things you're involved with. I appreciate we haven't got... Uh, time to look at all of them but global generation talk tell me about how that's kind of started and has developed yeah well it started out of us doing some youth work on a street corner to be honest that was 20 years ago um, my wife and i were like working with local young people late at night that are caught up in the gang communities and seven years into doing youth work we were developing all kinds of platforms of education community action projects and so straightforward youth work and we just had this thought i wonder what god would do if we had this culture in a church and we joined a pioneer church that we were kind of kindly able to kind of um, recreate into what we now call glow and but with an ethos of the same community transformation values and that the gospel is a gospel of words and actions um and in that glow which i think 15 next year 
has just begun to evolve as a, a church that is completely in partnership with all the local authorities and in partnership with different transformation agencies that has this principle the good news is both word and deed and we need both reflected and that is just kind of catalyzed into all kinds of sort of initiatives ranging from working with the homeless to education programs to my favorite late night youth work and um and, and a value that every person that's in the church should have their hand to the plow they're part of the story they help write the story and that, in a snapshot, is the story of Globe. Team-led, so there's six of us that lead it. There's no individual that is the superstar. We just carry different strengths and insights, which, again, helps the vulnerability journey, to be honest. Sure, sure. Well, and, and, of course, working with young people, they are they are the first to see through um, hypocrisy. So <laughs> you're in an environment Absolutely. where in an environment <laughs> where being vulnerable is going to be a blessing and a mutual blessing. Yeah. And, and Ramsgate is, um, obviously, you're in a part of Kent where... Uh, where folk have, have often travelled across from uh, from the continent, sometimes asylum seekers. Uh, have you come across that in Ramsgate particularly? Yeah, well, Ramsgate is really an area called Thanet, which is made up of three towns, Margate, Broadstairs and Ramsgate. And um, in the community of Margate, we had in the 90s like the massive influx of refugees coming out of Yugoslavia or former Yugoslavia. So we've had a lot of experience of Eastern European communities that have been displaced and are living in the area and of course opposite us at the moment you know just 22 miles away is the Calais jungle yeah. which are amazing organizations working into but yeah it's a reality in our community but um you know someone once said you know um even jesus was a refugee so we kind of make room and make work the best we can into these situations wonderful uh well mike any 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 last comments you have about about vulnerability as, as we close our conversation yeah, I just think it's this, is that, you know, there's that famous literature, literature guy said, like, no one's an island. And um, we, we're not made to do this journey alone at all. We're, we're made to do it with others. And there are contexts and different things, yes, we can share. But to always make room and find a space and a place with people that you can be you with. Because life changes, whether it's seasons or circumstances, and we need to do that with others that can journey with us. And to not let fear have the upper hand, but to be brave with openness. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, thank you, Mike, so much for, um, you know, for chatting with us, uh, for, for sharing this, you know, a key and, and important topic. And I'm sure this is going to be enormous value to, uh, to le- listeners, le- um, who are particularly those in leadership who are listening. So thank you so much. Absolute privilege, and thank you for having me. Well, you're listening to Leadership Fire with me, Andy Pitt. That was uh, Mike Andrea. He's the uh, team leader of Global Generation Church, uh, based in uh, Ramsgate. Uh, do uh, log on to Premier's own website, uh, uh, www.premier.org.uk, um, or um, listen to archives of the Leadership File. There's, uh, you can listen on demand for about a month, and then all, all our programs go off to iTunes, where you can uh, download to your whatever your listening device is. Uh, so you can actually subscribe there and uh, make sure that you receive everything that's broadcast on the radio to your listening device. And uh, that way, if you happen to miss a week, then uh, you can listen in. So uh, look forward to your company again uh, next Sunday at 3.30. Uh, do uh, keep going and uh, be encouraged as you lead where God has placed you. 
You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk. Thank you.